thorny as we venture into the R&R, two truths are consistent. We love our dear Montana state and we love great beer. And you know who else feels the same? Jeremiah Johnson Brewing. Brewed in the heart of Montana in downtown Great Falls, Jeremiah Johnson takes Montana's finest ingredients to craft some of Montana's favorite beers. And now, Jeremiah Johnson's second tap room is open in downtown Coeur d'Alene. Their Citra IPA is probably one of my favorites, but we all know, Thorny, you're not the hop lover I am. You're more of a mountain man scotch ale. Well, Foley, I'm certainly not a mountain man, but you are right. I do love their mountain man scotch ale. But come game day, you and I are both cracking their golden bobcat pale ale. So when you're looking for a quality craft beer brewed with Montana roots, a relaxing tap room, or just a six-pack to take to your favorite bobcat tailgate, Jeremiah Johnson delivers. Make your next beer a Jeremiah Johnson, and as always, go Cats. Welcome everybody to the RNR Catcast, a fan-based podcast focusing on Montana State athletes. We're two dudes named Ryan from the state of Washington talking about our dear Montana State. We hope you enjoy. All right, welcome back, Bobcat fans. Thanks for joining us on another episode of the RNR Catcast. I'm one of your hosts, Ryan Foley. Cross from me is my good buddy, the second host of the show, Ryan Thornberg. We are the Ryans of the we are the Ryans of the R&R Cast, the Montana State affiliate of the Big Sky Podcast Network, and we have a dang sponsor in <laughs> Jeremiah Johnson Brewing. You screwed me up. You know that. And that's I why do. You're smiling it's so easy there. to it's so easy to throw you off. I just said hey, and you're just like, oh hey, no, yeah. cannot compute. <laughs> Just completely derailed you just by saying, like, hi. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry about that. Uh, well, you know. Leaving it, it in. happens. Let's press on. It happens. <laughs> it happens. Right on. Okay. Yeah. Well, you know, I want to just talk a little bit about Jeremiah Johnson Brewing. Thorny, one of the favorite beers from Jeremiah Johnson Brewing is not in stores. And it's in McKinsey River. They brew that's right. house beer for McKinsey River. The Drift Boat Amber Ale is brewed by Jeremiah Johnson. That is a solid, solid beer. I have yet to partake because uh, obviously no McKinsey Rivers Woo. up here in Northwest Washington. Man, I feel like McKinsey Rivers everywhere. My sister used to work for McKinsey River. They were opening stores, or they're not stores, restaurants in like Indiana, really? Ohio, something. Yeah, I mean they're they're everywhere. So. Anyways, I just it's, I wish Jeremiah Johnson would bottle that or can it, put it out in stores, but they must have some sort of, you know, rights with McKinsey River where they can only sell it in the restaurants. It's delicious. Anyways, I love the Jiffbo Amber Ale made by JJ. Uh, I'll have to check it out. I love Ambers. I love uh, pizza. I don't really like McKinsey River pizza, to be honest with you. Total sidebar here. Yeah. A little bit overrated. I never get the pizza when I'm there. I always get the uh the sandwich the Willow Creek. Never Delicious. had it. Never had it. Yeah. Awesome. Well, all right, man. How you doing? All right. How you doing tonight? I got my Montana State baseball club mm, hat on. Looking good. It's my been my new favorite hat. I, I got it in about January. And these guys have been playing. They are they're road tripping all over. Like they were in Ogden the other day. 
Missoula, back in Bozeman. But I get comments on it everywhere I go. It's such a good hat. So Sharp. I'm repping Montana State um, Club Baseball right now. I'm having a great season. Spring has been awesome over here in Spokane. Not ne- not necessarily weather-wise, but just like personally, I've been doing really good. How about you, Thorny? You know, I'm doing all right. It's a, it's a busy time of year for my job, spring season. Flowers, plants, people buy that stuff right now. It's the time of the year. So that's, I'm really busy work-wise, and I am pr- currently uh, on a broken toe that I broke last, like, Tuesday. So that, I could be better there. Friggin' was chasing my kid out the door, or out of a room, and totally just wanged my pinky toe on the door frame. <laughs> oh, man, that hurt. <laughs> so, oh, my like old a man. Boot, a boot no. still. And, uh, yeah, it is what it is. It doesn't hurt that bad anymore, but uh... it's not, not a fun time. <laughs> The the very first thing I thought about when you told me that story is my old man would just always laugh so hard when anybody would stub their toe and he always felt bad about it, but he couldn't just tell himself that's just cracking up. (laughs) (laughs) It's like almost akin to getting hit in the balls and you just go down and it's just comically, you know, funny as the person who's just writhing in pain. I mean, even the word stub is kind of a funny word. You stub your toe. It just sounds comical. (laughs) <laughs> wasn't funny when here's that how, happened tell you that much <laughs> Thorny, here's how you uh here's how you not stub your toe in your house wear shoes slippers <laughs> wear shoes yeah slippers would be good i was barefoot at the time yeah i have house slippers man my feet get cold all the time so i'm always wearing house slippers good tip good tip avoid stubbing yeah, pro you just have a good pa- pair of slippers <laughs> Right. Okay, Thorny, let's run down the the show outline. Thanks again for joining us out there, all the R&R CatCast fans. We are going to talk about the the transfer portal, which has been heating up. Holy cow. And uh, so we'll talk about the guys that are going into the transfer portal. We'll we'll give you some Troy Anderson news. Today is Thursday, so when this comes out, he will probably be drafted. No, today is Wednesday, excuse me. Tomorrow's Thursday. He will be drafted later today as you listen to this, I imagine. (laughs) Yes. So this will come out on Friday. We are anticipating him to go in the second round. That's going down on Friday. Spoiler alert. That is our Troy Anderson news. And then we are going to talk the Sonny Holland spring scrimmage game that just happened over the weekend. That was a good show. We'll have some thoughts on that. But before we get into any of that, I'm going to remember this time, Thorny. We you need to talk about what's in our golden coolies, buddy. Woo! I keep having to pull it up because I keep forgetting what it is. It's the Kona Brewing Company Big Wave Golden Ale. And yeah. uh, Kona is a pretty big brewery. I'm pretty sure it's a mass produced. You can get it yeah. in any grocery store in the entire continental United States. But, you know, it's a pretty solid. I think my wife picked it up. So kind of kind of the reverse. You usually always talk about how your wife picked up a beer. I told my wife just to bring home some beer, and this is what she picked, and I'm totally okay with it. Tastes fine to me. It's a solid job, solid ale. Yeah, <laughs> I do see the big wave in stores. I also saw it on tap last weekend after one of our runs. I have the No Lie Born and Raised IPA. So No Lie is a Spokane institution. It's their flagship ipa it's not what i wanted to get they have i'm on an amber kick right now they have what's called a porch glow amber i was at trader joe's this afternoon picked this up it was on the shelves 
I knew I was having this podcast. I was like, I got to bring something else besides the Rainier that I have on deck. Because <laughs> I feel like that's all I've been drinking yeah. lately. So no lie. Yeah. So this Spokane Institution right there is it's pretty good. I Typically, if I get this beer, I get it on draft at the baseball games. I like it, but uh, it got kind of cool cannons, like Spokane scene. I don't know if you can see that. Like a little Spokane-esque right there. You know, Anyways. I'm not all that familiar with Spokane. I drive through it well, you, as fast as possible. Yeah. <laughs> you should uh, come, spend some time, spend a weekend over here. We'll take you to McKinsey River. We'll get you that uh, Jeremiah Johnson drift boat amber. We'll take you out to a ball game, you know, have a little guy weekend. Yeah, sounds good. Or we'll have to do Cat Grizz again because clearly it was our fault last year for not getting together again. <laughs> we got together in 2019 and did not in 2021. So mm, we got to write yeah. the ship there, I guess. So we could do that. Yeah. Well, I think next time we'll see each other probably might be a media days coming up. In That's right. That's right. Ooh. We'll be returning the media day to do some more interviews, player interviews, coach interviews. Maybe we'll interview Bobby Houck. Why not? <laughs> Darth Vader. <laughs> so many questions I want to ask Bobby Houck. What would you ask him right now? First question. Uh... You know what? I don't know off the top of my head. So many I things like I wanted to jokingly say, but if I actually wanted to like, ask him a question, I don't know. I have no idea what I legitimately would ask him. Bobby Halk strikes me as a guy that gets up at 4.30 in the morning and eats oatmeal every morning. <laughs> ask him, like, what do you eat for breakfast every morning? Yeah. <laughs> What's the Same appropriate time years. to wake up? <laughs> if you wake up at 6 a.m., are you a slacker? <laughs> There's a little Bobcat Nation inside <laughs> yeah. running yeah. 10-year-old joke for anyone listening that's here. A poke. Yeah, I was, was going to say that's a poke at BN right there. <laughs> uh, I hope that never dies. <laughs> oh, all right. Let's talk about the transfer portal, man. It's been <sighs> it's been portaling. It has <laughs> been portaling. There. Yes, it's, <laughs> it's, it's like in Doctor Strange or whatever when he just creates the portal. It's all spinning, and uh, here we go. Let's uh, recap the departures to date, and then we'll talk a little bit about the ones that just happened yesterday and today. We have four here in the last two days. Um, it all started, I guess, last year with Matthew McKay, first person to leave the team and enter the portal. Then Luke Pollock, the backup kicker to Blake Glessner, has entered the portal last year. Casey Bauman did it a a couple weeks ago, maybe? Like, not that long ago. Mm-hmm. Casey Bauman entered it pretty recently. And then that brings us to the most recent developments. I think the first one that hit was a was it Cole Snyder. Was he the first one? I don't remember. Was it either Cole Snyder or Charles Brown? Uh, yeah, it was Cole. Cole Snyder, yes. Offensive lineman from Canada, right? Was he Canadian? Yeah. Yeah, he's like one North of our- North of the border. Yeah, Canadian- uh, a Canadian offensive lineman with a big kid, a good, nice body. I was uh, a little disappointed to see him leave because anyone with that kind of size, you just want at least as a backup. But, uh, you know, he wasn't going to start this year. So not a real big loss in in, in, in terms of that. Um, what do you think about Cole Snyder's departure? Did he even play during the spring scrimmage? I can't remember. I I, I wasn't paid to, have... to the lines all that much to be honest yeah. with you, Ryan. What number was Cole? 
Oh man, you're asking me questions I'm that I'm not prepared here. to answer. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, what what do you? So my, one of my thoughts is is he is six six. 300 pounds what you don't see a lot of six six 300 pound dudes um just walking around so that's that's some beef that's leaving the offensive line that's tough man number 61 you know what on the great yeah there he is it's from calgary yep yeah so yeah so it's tough man i mean like i said you're not gonna find uh just big dudes like that and i think the point hits home really for me, Ryan, is this whole thing that we're trying to do with football is a one on the offensive line and the defensive line. Those lines, those specific positions to me have to be the deepest on our team. So to lose, to lose him and, the, and we're going to talk about TJ session. Those are two big bodies, two big dudes that have uh, been in the system that uh, you know are meaningful guys to us, so it's a it's a big deal to me. Yeah, definitely. Cole Snyder, not as much, but yeah. Let's go ahead and talk about TJ TJ Session, who put his name in yesterday into the portal. He already has a handful of offers. I at least from what his Twitter timeline says, he has one from Hawaii, Oregon State, and Cal, I believe. Yeah, are the three Berkeley. big name ones, and then like South Alabama. I'd be surprised if he ends up at South Alabama. I'm pretty sure he is from California. So West Coast, I imagine, probably we're going to stay at unless he just wants a complete change of scenery, ends up in Alabama of all places. But, you know, that one hurts a little bit. He started last year until Mm -hmm. he got hurt in that fluky, weird play. I remember it well against Idaho right before halftime when, like, what what was it? Uh, um, Matt McKay got sacked into into him, I think, or maybe Isaiah Fonze got tackled into him and it hurt like him and session. It was terrible, (laughs) but uh, you know, he was a solid (laughs) starter last year and, uh, you know, coming back for the playoffs. I think he played the national championship game if I'm not mistaken, but you know, it's, it's a big, it's a big blow. You know, he was going to start, he was going to be, he's got a big body. He's just a young kid. I thought he was going to develop into a really good solid player for the Bobcats. And I think when we talk about the rest of the transfers, I believe he was the only one as we go down this list, that was going to start. Obviously, Matt McKay had been starting, but had, you know, re- reportedly been benched. And that's why he ended up leaving the team right when he did. But uh, TJ Sessions definitely was going to be an anchor on the line. And I was assuming for the next three years, but here he is transferring out of the program. So that one's uh, definitely a blow. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the incumbent starter leaving is. Is in my craw a little bit. Yep. Clearly, clearly trying to get a bigger offer. That's what it looks like. Just trying to get uh, some FBS love and wants to move up. More power to him, I guess. It hurts, but uh, you know that's such is life. Such is life. <laughs> You're too easy on these guys. So, <laughs> hey, let's talk about a little bit about Charles Brown. Charles Brown. Wide receiver, uh, early enrollee at Montana State in 2020. He's from Grand, Grand Prairie, Texas. He's he's leaving. Um, Charles Brown. I was like, I was really kind of hyped on this guy uh, as the get go. It says that he's 5'11". I don't know if he's exactly 5'11". He seems a kind of a slight dude. Uh, he never really got all that all that much playing time. He caught the first pass of the season last year in Wyoming. And I, I think he also caught the f- first 
past of the scrimmage too. Uh, yeah, I, I rewatched I it. I thought he was going to be like the you know the heir apparent to Willie Patterson eventually. Right. I kind of thought that was his path into the the system, but uh, you know he's taking his talents elsewhere. Um, he probably honestly was buried down in the in the depth chart looking for some more playing time, um, as well as as the guy as our guy uh, Demarius Hosey. Hosey went into the portal today, uh, came on the scene was a guy I was specifically super hyped for. I know sure. what Hosey went to me seemed like a guy who was just like he just popped. He had that that speed, that top end speed, that that shiftiness that I like in a back. Um he didn't get any time last year under no. the Chilt regime. He was more favored under last year's regime. Gosh, even when we were pounding, remember the first half of the season when we were just like pounding teams because we were playing inferior talent. I was like, where's Hosey? And it would be like if Fonse would get uh, touches, Sumner would get touches. It, w- it would go with Fonse, Elliott, Sumner, and then Hosey, man. Like they never gave him a single touch. No, like he would get not like even when Lane two Sumner, touches. Yeah, not even when Lane Sumner got hurt. Like Hosey didn't even get any time. Like I was like, Dude, like, why are you not playing Demarius Hosey? That guy has speed. I, I could never figure it out if it was a injury thing, if it was a, you know, out of favor with the coaching staff. And so I started following him uh, through our Instagram account on um, R&R. And, like, by all means, everything he would post, everything he would put out there is, like, very pro Bobcat, very pro team. Like, hey, like, I'm behind this. And so I kind of thought, like, this guy's going to stick it out. Like he's going to, you know, he's going to be one of those kids who just like grinds his way through it and, you know, will get his playing time eventually. But there he goes. He hits the portal today. That one bummed me, Thorny. Out of all these guys, Sessions probably hurt the worst, hurt the worst for me. But this one bummed me out because I, I felt like more like emotionally invested in this kid. I, I just, I was always rooting for Hosey for some reason. So I don't know if anyone else is like this, but it seems to be every recruiting class there's one or two guys that you just kind of like kind of fall in love with, so to speak. Yeah. You're like, oh man, this guy, I, get you. I like his film. He looks like he's going to be a star. And for whatever reason, you have these expectations for this this kid. Like every draft class, there's always someone that I just kind of like really get invested in. And yeah, I was, I was with you on this one. I thought Hosey was going to end up being a star for the Cats. Like, all right, this guy is going to, he's got, he's, you know, 5'11", which is a pretty good height. Like he looks taller than five eleven. Yeah. He he looks like he's more like six foot when he's out there. He looks like a tall running back. But yeah, whatever. It didn't work out. Um, I don't know if it's a new coaching staff thing. I think he was hurt for a little bit, so maybe he never fully recovered from his injury, or maybe that set him back. Uh, get knocked down the death chart. But I mean, realistically, if we're looking at this, he's probably gonna be fifth string, right? Maybe fifth fourth string? string at best. I mean, you got Isaiah Fonze. You have Lane Sumner, who the coaches seem to be pretty high on. Then you had Elijah Elliott, who got a lot of time last year, who was hurt for the Sonny Holland game, so we can get to see him. And then we just brought in that Keegan Williams guy from San Diego State. Oh, like yeah. you're not bringing in Keegan, Keegan Williams to be fifth string running back for the Bobcats. No. So, like realistically, like he's probably fifth on the Jeff chart. And then we also have guys like uh, Jalen Renning. I know people are pretty high on him. They're freshmen out of you know California. So, I mean. We and then Garrett Kuhn, who had plenty of uh, rushes in the scrimmage game, so we got a bunch of running backs on the roster. Something had to give, and you know, Hosey's been in there for a couple of years. He wants some playing time, so go find it, buddy. 
Can I ask you a quick question? Sure. Kind of tangent. You may. What's your expectation for Afonso this coming year? It's a good question. I don't know where he is on his rehab. All I know is if he's healthy, I expect him not to get ran into the ground by the coaching staff this year. Find hmm. someone else who can pound the rock. Maybe even if that's Tommy Mallott slash Sean Chambers getting 10 to 15 carries a game, you can't give Afonso 25 carries a game. He will not survive. As tough as he is. We saw that. So my expectations is like a healthy, like if he's healthy, he's playing all year. Like, you know, he's going to get a thousand yards. I want a thousand yards from Isaiah Fonzie. Hmm. Is he a senior this year? Yeah. He's listed as a senior. In my head, I was yeah. thinking he was only a junior still, but, uh, no, he must, this must be his fourth year of accumulating stats. Crazy. All these guys in the current roster have six years given to them. They have the red shirt year. They have the four years to play, and then they have the COVID year as well. Yeah, now, and you get to play so for I'd, four games of that red shirt year now, which is a new rule from a few years ago. Yeah. I never know where these guys are at <laughs> anymore hard. because so many of them are so old. Like, And all of a sudden, you look through the roster. One that's got my head spiraling is Jory, Jory Choate is listed as a senior now. I'm like, how is that even possible? What? Yeah, you're right. Yeah, two varsity. He's varsity lettered twice already. Like what? <laughs> <laughs> I know, right? That is kind of crazy. Okay, thanks for pointing that out. So, you know, Fonse, a senior. Ah, I. That doesn't mean he has. You know, Fonse, this is, doesn't mean it's his fourth year of eligibility, but. Yeah, I kind of wonder about a Fonse. I kind of wonder if his best years are behind him, just because. I don't know if he can stay healthy. I wondered this about Troy Anderson too. Troy Anderson blew the doors off of last year. I mean, we're going to get into him here in a moment, but Troy also had like a couple of episodes off season to recover though, like a whole canceled season yeah. to recover. I was not happy with the way that the coaching staff rode Afonso throughout the year. I mean, you go back in our, our episodes and listen to that. We, I just, I, <laughs> That was a big difference to me between the the Chote versus the Vegan. We really ran in Fonse where uh, it felt just more more like committee sure. esque under, under Chote, and I just I think I think that I think that works better. I think it does, and I think a healthy Sumner. And I'm hoping the coaching staff just realizes they can't do that, and now that we got some other guys who can hopefully get five to seven carries a game. Yeah. Right. All right. What were we talking about? Transfer portal? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Is there anyone else? Uh, I think we mentioned everyone. Charles Brown, TJ Session, Demarius Hosey, Cole Snyder. I didn't say anything about Charles Brown. I'm just, I'm going to assume that he was probably beat out by Andrew Patterson, who just looks like a, it's just a complete nightmare out there to try and tackle. Like his speed yeah, and it, his acceleration are just off the charts. That's the only thing I can think of. I thought, I thought he was going to be a solid player too. Charles Brown, I was excited when we signed him, but. Allegedly the fastest guy in the team, but his speed on the field didn't look that fast. He didn't play as fast as you would expect a guy that cho- like bragged about being like the fastest guy in the team, right? Football speed yeah. and track speed are two completely different things. Not Andrew Patterson looks fast on the field. <laughs> uh, Charles Brown <laughs> dropped a pass that Sean Chambers bulleted right into his chest in the scrimmage. Yeah, he also caught that one from uh, Jordan Reed on that scramble. That was a big play. Yeah. 
So I don't know. I thought I was going to be a contributor, but uh, here we are. One thing I will mention here, I think every single one of these guys, with the exception of maybe Luke Pollock, who was, I think, just a freshman, were all Jeff Choate recruits. Every one of these guys. So, I mean, yeah. co- coaching changes, I mean, that's it happens every year. We actually didn't have that big a turnover when Vegan was hired, as I was expecting. So maybe it's just a little bit delayed. I was wondering about that today. Last year, everybody stayed. I mean, that was a talking yeah. point amongst media members. And now you're starting to see the, the portal fire off. <sighs> I mean, Speaking it's going to be a deep man. team, man. Like, we might not have... I'm worried about replacing some of the superstars that we had last year, but I think we have depth everywhere. We have a whole bunch of really good players. Do we have any great players that remains to be seen? So guys like Charles Brown, I mean, he could be a really good player, but is he good enough to win snaps away? Like, I don't know. And that's, it's kind of a good problem to have. Man, I don't know too. So like a little bit like being on the social medias for the R&R, like I follow the players and I'll, I'll just put it this way. Some of the players are really about themselves. Like they're about the Insta fame. And some of the players that we just talked about in the portal, they were those, those kind of players. And some of the other players, on the other hand, they're, they're not posting everything. And I'm just viewing from afar. And this is just a kind of a general statement. And it just kind of goes with the narrative of, uh, Hey, this is a me kind of thing. And I'm going to go get what I want. And I didn't get my playing time. And so now I'm going to go do me. And, uh, I'm going to label it as God's plan and all this stuff. And it's going to make me look like, Hey, it's, 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 it's a me show. And it kind of bugs me, Ryan just kind of puts me in a bad mood. Yeah. Well, don't follow players on Instagram. Yeah. Well, you know, I mean, but that's kind of like our uh, shtick, right? I mean, it's the R&R cat cast. And so I'm following Bobcat related stuff. And so like, okay, there's Charles Brown, there's, uh, TJ session there. I'm not saying those are the guys. All I'm just saying is there's definitely those type of players that post a lot. And then there's players who don't post a lot. Sure. And, and so you just form outside opinions, whether they are just correct opinions or not. I don't know. It's kind of funny. you you kind of run the Instagram side of things. I run the Twitter side of things. I don't, I don't think I follow any players on Twitter. Like I just, Mainly, I just don't want my timeline flooded with a bunch of unrelated crap. And that's not a knock against players. <laughs> players are going to post about like like uh, parties and, and going out and do whatever. They're going to post all the time. I just, I need, I want my feed to be clean so I can retweet and, and check for Bobcat stuff to release. I don't want a player tweeting on my timeline like 50 times a day. <laughs> that's the reason I don't follow any players on Twitter. <laughs> Yeah, it's a little different though, because Twitter's Twitter's more informational. Instagram's more, you know, visual. It's, it, it's a story. Yeah, visual. Exactly. So, I don't know. You, these these twenty two year olds, these twenty one, eighteen year olds. I mean, I guess what should I expect? It's it's the culture, right? So, I don't know, man. It's uh, it's interesting though. I mean, when you start looking at it and thinking about it for a while, kind of put things together and make some connections, whether they're right or wrong. So that's what I'm doing. Running a social experiment. I like it. 
<laughs> I'd be one. I would like. I would love to have this conversation with a group of Bobcats, just like fans, just like you and me, like sitting around with some beers, sitting around the table, talking about like, okay, you see the portal, you see the guys that are going into it. What does it make you feel? Do you feel like they're quitting on the team? Do you feel like they're just trying to do a, uh, you know, are they are they trying to go for themselves? Are you are you mad? Are you upset? Are you supportive? I'd be really interested to hear what people have to say about this. Sure. Sure. Uh, I don't know. Maybe we can put that out there and have people submit their feelings and we can kind of, I don't know, do a little, do a little bit on it next time or something. Well, it's kind of dicey because at the same time, we're talking about 18 year old kids, you know, sure. and then they become these young men and like, we're not going to slam anybody on this podcast that we've tried to make that clear for a long time as we've done this. So I don't know. It's just the, the transfer portal, you and I have mixed views on it a lot of the time. And I know we kind of want to hit on that just a little bit. So it's just a, it's an interesting point to bring up. Interesting time to be a fan. Interesting time to be a player in the NCAA right now. You got the extra year of COVID. So you're fighting. I mean, there's just more kids than there are roster spots more than ever. Cause everyone has an extra year of eligibility. So that just crammed it all together. You got NIL mucking things up because you can go somewhere, start at two different schools, and one's going to pay you ten grand, one's going to pay you five five hundred dollars. Like, you know, where are you going to go? I mean, there's all sorts of factors now as a kid, and you're like you said, you're a nineteen year old kid, man. That these are hard things to think about and decisions to make when you're nineteen years old. Yeah, I wasn't doing anything like that when I was nineteen. <laughs> <laughs> well, you and I have a skewed perspective too, because you and I are doing a legit podcast for Montana State. We are hundred percent Montana State. We're not going. Yeah, I transferred in from this college, but I went to Montana State for a couple of years, and you know, I'm claiming that <laughs> you and I are hundred percent Montana State. So we want our players to be about Montana State. Yeah, I was listening to Coach Vegan today on. ESPN 102.9. And he talked about the importance of the players, their time at Montana State should be about the institution, about Montana State, and less about them. And he was talking talking about that in relation to Troy Anderson, how Troy Anderson was such a good spokesperson or just a good model for that. He was about Montana State. And it helped. Uh, he helped like set the standard for other players uh, to kind of follow that. And that was just like, you know, Troy does that. So we're going to do that. And, um, yeah, I think that's important. It is. It's important. It's a little bit of a unrealistic expectation to expect anyone to ever be like Troy Anderson again, but that's a good bar to have. It's a good goal to shoot for, <laughs> for sure. Yeah. Especially right. in terms of putting team first and stuff. The last thing I want to say in this, before we move on to the Sunny Hall and uh, spring game is we're talking a little bit about that. I also understand, especially for out of state kids, Montana State is not where you thought you would end up, most likely. You're, you maybe you're happy to be. And a lot of kids end up happy to be here, but a lot of kids are like this isn't where, this isn't your dream school. That's always gonna be in the back of your head, and it is what it is. Like we're just not a destination dream playing field for anybody out of state. You, it can turn into that once you get here, and we see that all the time. I think guys like Kevin Cassis would tell you that, but uh, you know, kid from California. He comes up here because it's the best offer he had, and he never wanted to really be an FCS level. That's it. It is what it is. 
You're always going to contend with that at this level. Yeah, it's a good point. So, all right, enough of that. Let's talk about football. You want to talk a little bit of football? <laughs> Let's get out of this thrilling transfer portal. Pull me out. Yep. Let's well, talk about this fortunately, that's a vortex that's going to keep just sucking everything into it for years. I think there'll be an <laughs> equilibrium. I think this is the, you know, it's just starting. It's going to swing one way. It'll swing back. Yeah. Everything always does. But we're kind of in the wild west of it right now with the NIL, especially. <laughs> <laughs> it'll it'll come back down to earth. Right. Or MSU will figure out its own deal thing and start figuring out how to leverage that because we got more resources than a lot of other FCS schools. We could leverage some F- uh, NIL money for some kids. Yeah. If you can't beat them, All join right. them. That's what you, I mean, you got to change with the times. You can get left behind. <laughs> <laughs> can't beat them, join them. All right. Hey, yeah. Let's talk about the Sunny Hall, the Sunny Holland scrimmage that happened on Saturday. How awesome was it to watch football? Bobcat football. Oh. It felt so good. It felt so good. I was so excited. Uh. Way more excited than I should have been. As soon as it turned on <laughs> and they like did the little SWX like intro music and then they showed Bobcat Stadium, I'm like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so jacked right now. I know it's just going to be like a snooze fest, but <laughs> I'm so excited. Jeez. Yeah. Just to see the players. Oh, uh, yeah. Bobcat uniforms, Bobcat Thorny. blue and gold, Bobcat gray. Yeah. Was that a new uniform? It looked like it. The, the shoulder sleeve things were different. I just hate gray for, for us. I hate it. Okay. So if we're going to roll out those gray unis, I think we need a gray helmet to go with it. That would be cool. Like a matte gray, like a dull gray. Yeah. 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 I don't know. I'm just never a huge fan of schools that just have jerseys that have nothing to do with school colors. Like, (laughs) never. Yeah. Well, we've been kind of, we've been kind of leaning into the gray for a while in so many ways. Doesn't mean I like it. I mean, yeah. All right. We didn't do it one time. We had one alternate uniform in the Choate era that was a gray. We we wore yeah. one game. I want to say we played like North Dakota for some reason in my head. But yeah, there, I remember there's like a picture of Troy Anderson in the gray. I don't know. Just not not my favorite. Well, if 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 we if we do an alternate uniform, it's been decided. We all are in fans in favor of the 1984 throwbacks. Those things are sweet. Bring back the oh script. Gosh. The, the script logo. Come on. Do it. That's, that's what everyone wants to see. No one wants to see gray. Maybe yeah. some people want to see gray. Everybody. Everyone wants to see the 84 retro unis. Retro is cool again, man. Bring those back. Bring that bright colors back. Do it. Yeah. <laughs> it was so cool when- No uh, brainer. They did it's it. No like, brainer. In like 2015 or whatever, to go to Pru Cup, and, and those were so cool. They were so cool. I want to see it again. All right. What do you want to talk about this scrimmage besides how cool it was to see uh, the Bobcats on the field again? Well, the fir- uh, first thing I want to talk about, I mean, when, f- when you go into the spring scrimmage, there's like, what are you even looking for, right? You're probably <laughs> going in there with some concern. Like, okay, I'm concerned about the linebackers, maybe because Troy Anderson's not there. I'm concerned about the offensive line. Maybe concern's not the right way, but there's like an extra attention to it. So you want to pay attention to that stuff. You know that, number one, 
you're scrimmaging against yourself. So it's always really hard to say like the offense did really good. Is that because our defense is terrible or because the offense was good? There's always those like those questions in your mind when you're watching things. But I was just really curious to evaluate some of the, because we talked about in the last episode position groups that we were maybe excited for or concerned for. So those some things that I definitely looked at. But before we even talk about any of that, let's go through the list of people that sat this game out. I think it's worth noting. <laughs> it's a big list. Oh, so man. I'm not going to name All everybody. Right. I'm going to name everyone that I think would be a person of importance in terms of like the depth chart or playing time. Wide receivers, like no Cam Gardner, who had he had a few catches last year. Uh, no Coy Steele, who's back healthy. There was rumors he was going to retire from injury, but he's back. I think he'll factor in. That could be another uh, reason that maybe – um, Charles Brown transferred out. Coy Steele and Andrew Patterson may be ahead of him on the depth chart. Uh, Jane Smith, he was not listed on the roster as sitting out, but I don't think he played. Was he hurt? I didn't. I see did him. not see him. You can't miss him. I'm kind of wondering <laughs> if that guy's going to go into the portal. He's cousins with Charles Brown. Yeah, I've just been kind of wondering. I'm wondering. And he's been retweeting uh, all the guys who are transferring out, like wishing them good less and uh, good luck and like go get that money and kind of situations. I'm like, is he like, is he next? I don't know. Uh, so those are the wide receivers who didn't participate. Obviously, Isaiah Fonda didn't participate. That's a big one. Offensive line, a couple guys that I think will factor into the rotation, especially now with Cole Snyder and uh, TJ Session departing. We've got Jacob Kettles and Joel McElroy, who I think are both potential starters. If not, yeah. like you always want seven to eight mm-hmm. offensive linemen. They'll be in that top seven to eight guys that will be expected to be able to play at any position at any moment. Uh, the other guy is Titan Fleischman. I think he's just a freshman. I don't think he'd factor in just yet right now. Tight ends, Ryan Lonergan and uh, the, the new signee, Elijah Reynolds, both Montana kids right there. Uh, Defensive backs, this is this is a big one right here. Uh, Tyrell Thomas was out, Eric Zambrano was out, and Ty Okada was out, and James Campbell was out. Four guys who basically <laughs> started last year or, or who have started in their careers. So that one's a little hard to judge, the, the secondary with all those guys out. Uh, defensive line, I only could figure out Kyle Rigg and Kenneth Iden were the only two guys I think that did not participate. Um, and then the linebackers, kind of a big group here, Callahan O'Reilly, namely, and Danny Yulukepa. Did I do it? Did I finally do it? Yulukepa. Uh, I say keeper. You say Kepa. <laughs> Dang it. All right. Well, we're not quite there then. Unless you are confident that I'm wrong. Danny Yu did not play here. So other guys got some opportunities to step there up there. But yeah, that's a that's a pretty significant list of uh, contributors there that are out off the bat. So you got to take what you saw with a grain of salt based on that. But on the flip side, it gave lots of guys opportunity to step up. And I think there were some guys that really stepped up. Who did you see that kind of really stood out to you from the Sony Holland spring scrimmage? Uh, Devin Davis, cornerback. Jackson Harmon, cornerback. Uh, Drew Polidor, transferred from Air Force, was a dude that uh, flashed to me. Obviously, he had two interceptions from Sean Chambers, who was just staring him down uh, on that. Uh, let's see. Aiden Parks was a guy that uh, showed up in the backfield uh, for me. Brody Greeby was a guy that uh, I'm super high on. You and I are both super high on. He he had a uh, he had a good uh, game. Andrew Patterson, the speedy guy out of Arizona. Uh, every time he gets the ball, he just looks like I said, 
last year, one and a half times faster than everybody else. We need to get that ball, that guy, the ball in space a lot. Just get him the ball. Uh, let's see who else uh, showed up. Lane Sumner had a good scrimmage, right? I, I was really pleased with him. Alex Johnson, uh, the linebacker out of Helena, flashed to me. Uh, on the, and two other guys. Uh, number ninety-five, I think, is David Alston. Is that right? David uh, Alston is ninety-one. Who's number 93 and 95? 95, Sebastian Valdez. Yeah, Valdez. Okay. Stud there. And 93? I don't see a 93. 92. Excuse me. 92 is uh, Blake Schmidt. Yeah, those dudes. Those dudes just looked hungry and beefy on the defensive line. So those guys just, their bodies. Those, when I was like, when like SWX would pan in on them. I was like, holy cow, those guys look like they're going to be disruptive. Yeah, David Alston, so, 6'4", 241. Remind, he looks like, is that Michael Jobman out there? Do you remember Michael Jobman? He had kind of the same body <laughs> yeah. on him. And I think he might even have the same yeah. number, number 91. So, yeah, big, nice-looking body, nice-looking frame on him. So, you know, Nebraska transfer, we'll see what he's capable of here coming up. He'll be relied upon for sure. Because, like you said, yeah. like we talked about last episode, Vegan likes to go 10 deep on that line. I'm going to name one more guy that flashed to me. Willie Patterson. Yeah, thank you. He's been kind of a scapegoat, maybe, the word. You know, we kind of picked on Willie a little bit over the years on this podcast. He moved to the outside, and I don't know if that's because Jaden Smith wasn't playing or if that's something they permanently expect him to do. Uh, He looked pretty good out there. And he doesn't have really the traditional height you want to see. 5'9 as an outside wide receiver is not ideal but if you can get enough separation like you know he beat someone on the sideline and tommy malott found him down the sideline and he made a nice like over the shoulder catch he looked looked really solid i think he caught everything that went his way he caught a nice slant pass a slant pass fully a completed slant pass (laughs) we did it (laughs) (laughs) the rarest of the rares for the post dakota prukop montana state offense going on six years of this no slantiness uh that looked good. Yeah, Willie Passion looks really good. Thank you for bringing that up because I thought, you know, he cemented himself because he's going to be, what, is he a senior this year? Or is, Yeah, he's listed as a senior. Yeah, he's a senior. He's, he's got to step up. He's going to be that top dog. He's going to be that uh, that leader in the wide receiver room. So to him, for him to come yeah. out and show up at the spring game, I think it was huge. Yeah. Uh, super stoked for him. He's going to be the face of the program, him and Tyler Cotta. Sure, yeah. Ty Okada, man. Yeah, they interviewed him at uh, on the sidelines. Just excited to see that guy back yeah, in action. Callahan O'Reilly. And anyways, um, I didn't mention any of the quarterbacks. I thought Chambers flashed. I thought like he could fire the ball. Like he's when cannon. he hit his receivers. Yeah, he's got himself as cannon. The thing that surprised me about Chambers most of all was his speed running the ball. I was like, holy cow, he took off running once or twice. I was like, he's got some, he's he's got a, some quickness he was a blur that I didn't for the for his I, size. I did not expect that to see. And so my, my first thought when I saw Chambers was I was like, oh, maybe we're gonna run that dual uh, quarterback system with Malat and Chambers this year, kind of a la who was it? Uh in North Dakota State. They you remember Quincy the name Patterson was their big yeah, yeah, yeah. run first QB. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I, I think going out of this, I'm thinking Malat's going to be QB1. Chambers will be QB1A or 1B, I should say. 
after that, it, or it could be flip flopped on that. I'm a lot, uh, a lot. Uh, I mean, we we all love Tommy football. He's still throwing the the sideline pass because that's what he does. But uh, I I didn't see anything else from him. It just seemed like it was kind of the same old uh, stuff that we saw in the in the fall. It was good to see that he was moving well. Like the 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 ankle injury didn't even come to my mind when I was watching him move around. It didn't seem like he was very comfortable in the pocket, but still quick, still can get outside the pocket. But they had the yellow jerseys on. You can never really That's tell right. with that kind of. Uh, I mean, there's there's always that factor. But uh, super impressed with Jordan Reed and uh, Sean Austin when they got into into the mix. They were able to lead their their perspective uh, teams up and down the field pretty well. I think Jordan Reed's probably going to be the future of the, of the program. I've always been a Sean Austin kind of guy. He's been like, like you said earlier, kind of root for or, or latched to someone. He's one of the guys yeah. that I latched to, but Jordan Reed, I, I had never seen him play before, man. He looks, he the looks part, the part. So yeah. Cause yeah, he was rolling out to his left and then like threw kind Ooh. of across his body for like a 50 yard bomb. Like that's a strong that arm right there, up. Charles Brown. Yeah, was that Charles Brown? Oh, Charles. Yeah, uh, yeah. He had a nice pass in the end zone too. To uh, I can't remember who it was, but it was I think over, it was Aiden Garrigan. Yeah, and over number thirteen. Who was thirteen? Uh, that's uh, Jackson Harmon. He threw it right over. Dropped a dime. Yeah, in in the corner of the in the end zone. So that kid, that kid looks like a quarterback. We haven't had a lot of guys that look like a quarterback. Shauna Austin looks like a quarterback too. I will. So. It seems like this is the best quarterback room I've seen at Montana State since <laughs> Jeff Choate was hired. Since before Jeff Choate, because I was actually Choate looking at this. I was curious because uh, so Sean Chambers threw three interceptions in the scrimmage, and we, we can talk about that a little bit more. We don't have to, but that's that was a lot. Like he he took some more chances over the middle. Uh, he threw some balls that we haven't seen someone throw around here, which is, I think is a good thing. Obviously yeah. interceptions are bad, but he was making throws or trying throws that we just don't do around here. But I did have a stat that I wanted to share with you. I was looking back on my like, three interceptions. I was like, I feel like we hardly even threw three interceptions the entire year last year. And so I went back and looked at how many interceptions the Bobcats have thrown. It's pretty incredible. 2000 since it hasn't been since 2016 that we've thrown more than 10 interceptions in a season. Who's our quarterback in 2016? Was that Murray? That'd be Chris Murray. <laughs> that was the Chris Murray show right there. Because 2016 uh, was Chris Murray's oh. freshman year, and he came in and replaced Tyler Bruckman. So we threw 14 interceptions in 11 games that, that year. So that was our worst statistical year in a long time. 2017 would be mostly Chris Murray. 2018 would be Troy Anderson. Um, <laughs> so that was nine interceptions that year. Nine interceptions in 2017 and 18. And 18. 2019, 15 games, five interceptions. So that was a combination of <laughs> Casey Bauman and Tucker Rovig. Just throwing five interceptions all year long. And of course, Troy Anderson That's coming surprising. in and doing some you know various QB power type stuff. But yeah. Uh, and then two, 2021, 15 games, four interceptions. Whoa. So, so from 2017 to 2021, you know, there's, there's no 2020 here. So four seasons, 54 games, 27 interceptions. That's only a half an interception a game. Like that's got to be statistically one of the best in the country. I'd have to imagine. That's crazy. We're, that's 
And that's yeah. like triple option interception numbers. Yeah, I, I kind of remember looking back. It, it was close to playing in the national championship game. I was doing some scou- scouring of the stats. We're, we were tops in the nation or close to tops in the nation on, on that stat. Yep. Yep. I mean, it's all part of the turnover margin. You don't have to force a whole lot of turnovers to have a good turnover margin if you never turn the ball over. <laughs> <laughs> and we rarely did. You never put it in jeopardy. Yeah. Yeah. So three interceptions in a spring scrimmage is like, that's a lot around here, around these parts. We're not a gunslinging yeah, team that it, throws the ball 40 times in a game and maybe you have a bad game and throw three interceptions, but you also throw for five touchdowns. Like, that's just not yeah. Bobcat football. You can't cool. throw inter- three interceptions. You rely too much on ball security. So that's going to get cleaned up. But honestly, I was kind of impressed with Chambers outside of that. Like, I thought he had a good demeanor. It kept coming back. He threw the touchdown pass here later in the second half as the great team came back. So we put the interceptions behind him and kept slinging the ball. I think once he's able to run, it would really, really help his game. And he's not going to be relied on in terms of like having to win the game with his arm or play the whole game. So I think he's going to be a really nice compliment to Tommy Milan. Yeah. I mean, those, those interceptions were, were bad. I mean, when you watch Chambers sit back there and throw those interceptions, Polidor was just checking his eyes the whole time. It was, it was easy. It was, a, it was a lock on. I'm just throwing it to you. I'm not throwing it anywhere else. Boom. Interception. The only actually uh, quarterback I saw that actually was making progressions was, uh, was Reed. That was, that was nice to see. Yeah. Honestly. Right. Yeah. Yeah. But when you're going against, you know, second third string defenses, it's always a little bit of a great result, but uh, I liked what I saw for sure. Overall, like I just want to, Give my real quick overall thoughts. This was a pretty clean looking spring game. Like I've watched a fair amount of spring games over the years. You know, when I've been out of state, if they're not televised, obviously I don't get to watch them. But I remember watching some during like the Kramer years. Like we couldn't complete a pass. Yeah, it looks it looked horrible. We looked like a fairly well oiled machine in the in this game, and that was pretty impressive to see. I think on the whole, I think the Bobcats looked good. And here's why we we look like that is the way they practice. We talked about this earlier is they get double reps. Everybody on the Bobcat team gets the same amount of reps. Yeah, like why is this something that's once? Is this like a new philosophy? Like why wasn't this Joe doing this? (laughs) It just seems like it makes too much sense, right? Yeah. The players talked about it all last season in the postseason interviews too. They're like, we prepare as starters because everybody gets the same amount of reps and we yeah. were listening to it. We're like, Oh, that's pretty cool. That's pretty cool. It makes and now it's sense. showing up like all these, like the fours come in and they're, they're doing the same thing. We didn't have procedure penalties. We didn't have like, you know, like you said, like egregious missed assignments. Everybody looked like they could just come in and then play a part right there in a meaningful rep. The drop off didn't cool. seem noticeable between any unit. Yeah. And that's why I have right. hope uh, replacing star, star players. We may not have a Troy Anderson, but we have a trio of linebackers who's, who combined will be the sum of the parts will be equally effective. And I think we're, yeah. that's a that's what gives me real optimism going into next year is everybody mm-hmm. is solid. There's no weaknesses really. Like there's some, we haven't fully seen the defensive line play against our team now. And we haven't seen the offensive line, especially with the TJ session, but I still think there's just enough depth across the board. Like it doesn't seem like a concern at this point to me. 
I still think we need more depth in the defensive line. We need probably two bigger guys that are going to play like three tech or, you know, just straight up nose tackle depends on how we line up there. Uh, And we're going to need probably one or two more bodies on the offensive line. Sure. Well, uh, we did move what uh, Marcus Ware, which Ware? Ware. Yeah. Uh, Is there two Wares? Because there was a brother, right? Those were two Wares at one point. Yeah. (laughs) Marcus and, uh, gosh, of course you asked me that right now. But, uh, you know, he looked good on the offensive line. He's listed at 258. I've heard that that's not accurate. I think he's much bigger than 258. I mean, he looked really good. Like, there's no reason that Marcus Ware can't be in the top seven mix for the linemen, especially with Session gone. Like there's going to be some opportunity. I think we have some talent to come up there. So I, I think moving him over there, I, I think they moved Trey Yates, uh, Tucker, Tucker Yates, younger brother to the offensive lines. So there, there's a bunch of guys there. And that might be actually one of the reasons that uh, Snyder left. There's just kind of a log jam right now of a bunch of younger freshmen and sophomore fighting for five spots. Yeah, I could see that. The thing, was Ware getting uh, reps at guard? Right guard? Yes. Yeah, I think it was guard. Yeah. That seems to be a position I'm kind of fuzzy on. Like, who's going to fill that hole? Yeah. Anyways. It's a tough one. Uh, So, do you have any uh, parting thoughts on on the Sunny Holland scrimmage? Is is, uh, is anything else you kind of want to talk about there? I mean, or am I pressing you that? Uh, Did you want to keep leaning into that? I mean, you've mentioned a lot of stuff that I would have mentioned, so I don't think we need to be redundant on that. Uh, I mean, I didn't talk about any of the players that stood out to me. I think you named almost all of them. Uh, my number one guy, <laughs> I just want to mention him. My number one guy is probably Drew Polidor, obviously two interceptions. He just looked like a big physical – he's got good size, a, a big physical uh, cornerback. He's got body. He's got a good body. We got some talented players there. So if Drew Polidor can come in mm. and be a starter on day one, like that, dang, that's a really good sign. Because I mean, you still got James I think Campbell. Our defensive backfield. Yeah, the entire just be secondary. Elite, man. I think it's gonna be really good. I think Ryan Ort's gonna take a big step this year. Ty- the the real question to me is, what do you do with Ty Okada and Tyrell Thomas? Okada obviously plays, Cast. like obviously, but is Tyrell Thomas a cornerback or is he a a nickelback? And if he's a nickelback, is Ty yeah. Okada mm-hmm. moved back to the the free safety spot? And then Ryland Ort, where does he go? Like there's. Like how do you how do you fit? I all think that Ort's more of a yeah. I think Ort's going to be more of a safety for us, like a, mm-hmm. for sure uh, a box safety. Yeah, I mean when you look at safeties, you got free safeties, you got box safeties. I think Ort's going to be more of a box safety. I'm, I'm honestly Ryan. Let's be honest with ourselves. Takata's shoulder is going to be an issue going through the season, no matter what. You know he got so. surgery on it. I think so. Yeah, I think once you, I, I think kind of like the old adage: guys who get hurt get hurt. I think Tyakata is kind of in that. I think Koi Steele is kind of like one of those guys too. They're like they're always coming back from an injury, that kind of thing. Um, I don't want to project that on them, but sure. it's just it is what it is, right? So I think Ryan Norris can be that bo- that nickel, that big nickel or box safety that we're looking for. I think the guys in the back end, Jeffrey Manning is going to be a guy. Eric Zambrano are going to be a safety. Those those two dudes in the back are going to be legit. On, on the outside, we're going to Polidor there, and we're going to have Simeon Woodard. And so you're looking at our like our defensive backfield. That was one of the key things I texted you is like I think our defensive backfield is elite right now. And we have guys upon guys. We have depth. I mean, so did you even mention right Eric Zambrano? Yeah, I talked about Zambrano being the safety on, on the back end. 
But then you've got guys behind them like Devin Davis, Javion, or excuse me, Jackson Harmon, um, Lavelle Price Jr. Sure. is another guy that flashed out there. So we just got some guys that yeah. are just, I mean, that's that's Jeff Chope for you, though. He was the guy that recruited most of those guys. His philosophy was like, you know, get three defensive backs. One of them is going to stick kind of deal. I mean, we are benefiting right now from from Jeff Choate's recruiting in the defensive backfield, for sure. I mean, you were right. I think you said it in our last episode. That was the group like you're most excited or the most excited for the potential yeah. of. And I think they kind of flashed it here on the, on, the, on the scrimmage. Although the passing game was fairly effective. So I think I think it's yeah. a, it was a combination of guys making plays, quarterbacks making plays, but also the, the secondary locking it down, making plays in the run game. I don't know. I'm I'm excited for the secondary for sure. I think it's gonna be a solid, solid unit. It potential to be the best on the team. Yeah, it is the one concern I do have for the football team is I don't feel like we're deep enough on the defensive line or old enough right now. We have a lot of young guys. I think that have a lot of good potential. Sure, but to me, when we were in Frisco, that was the biggest thing to me when I was watching defensive line play for NDSU. That's their offensive line. The defensive line was the reason why they dominated that game. Sure. And to me, that's where we have to be. We have a whole bunch of guys. I think that I can play, but do we have any playmakers? Mm. That's my question. We did that's not get Kenneth Iden. So that could change things a little Mm-mm. bit, but he's, you know, he's not going to be a, a plug. He's not going to be a two hundred eighty pound guy in the middle. My question no. to you on the defensive line, who was a bigger loss, Daniel Hardy or Chase Benson? Um, Hardy. I think Hardy's harder to replace. It's, it's it's hard because you know Chase Benson without Chase Benson is Hardy as good as he is. No, he's not because Chase Benson requires a double team all the time. Uh, but Hardy was just a freak athlete, man. That guy had so much bend on the outside. He could get beat. He could get underneath those offensive tackles, and he and he could get to the quarterback. Brody Greeby is going to be the next thing. Who's going to try to be uh, the Daniel Hardy? Uh, but to me, yes. Daniel Hardy is a bigger loss than Chase Benson. What I'd about almost, you? I'd argue the other way around. A guy like Benson can make everyone else so much better. Like you said, a guy like Daniel Hardy, if there's not a Chase Benson in there, he's probably not, you know, he's getting double teamed instead. Instead, Benson's getting double teamed. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I think you need that plug who is unsung hero, who doesn't get the big stats. I think you need those guys more than anybody. And I don't, I don't see a guy... Like you could see some guys who could be a Daniel Hardy esque type guy or some good edge rushers, Brody Greeby, obviously the big one. I can't see a guy being that solid anchor like Chase Benson. I don't know if the guy's on the roster at the moment. Yeah, I think Valdez could be that guy eventually. But that's what I'm talking about is like the depth on our defensive line. I don't see that yeah. right now. We need some some stronger like like three techs, like I said, or like nose guards. Depends on how we line up there. Um 290, you know, 295. My, what, what, like, if we had a Zach Minter right now, that kind of guy, like, yeah. you're like going, oh, yeah, come on, let's go, baby. So, we need a couple, like, if we could land one of those guys over the summer, one or two of those guys over the summer, I think, yeah, n- then we're sitting pretty. Then I, then I like our chances. Yep. I like our chances. I think we're deep. Like I said, I think we got, we probably got 10 guys so we can roll, but, are any of them elite? They have the opportunity to improve it. We'll see. Woo. Yeah. All right. 
Hey, Thorny, we need to get into some Golden Cooley questions. Is there anything you want to talk about the the draft tomorrow with the um, Troy Anderson? I only want to share a little bit of a funny story. Uh, uh, our buddy Corey texted me. He's like, hey, uh, you should see what they're saying about Troy Anderson over on Egris. And I'm like, man, I haven't been on Egris in a long time. Like, I'm I'm over that oh, that that cesspool, cesspool of a website. The but I I, just, I was curious, curious got curiosity got the best of me. Don't go over there. There that you know, <laughs> you would think that <laughs> Don't go. You would think that uh, a a truly likable, down home kind of Montanan like Troy Anderson would have universal love from everybody. But uh, you know. He, they were ribbing him. They were ribbing him over there, and it could be the ribbing, they're more ribbing Bobcat fans for hyping him, him up so much and just being annoying about it all the time. But I don't understand how you get root against a guy like Trey Anderson. Or yeah, my my favorite one is they're Anderson. they're still bringing up like uh, the Junior Bergen beat him for a touchdown in Cagrias, which is just the stupidest argument of all time. <laughs> Every player Gosh. in the history of pro sports, any sport, any level of sports, has gotten burned. It happens to everybody. <laughs> Come on. He, he, he forgot his Troy assignment Anderson. and he got torched. It happens, man. It happened to everyone. Ray Lewis got torched. <laughs> Come on. So anyway, just a little funny anecdote. Um, it's still a place you don't want to go. Just yeah. a disclaimer. Sounds good to me. Don't waste I'll your time. Avoid it. <laughs> but no, nothing else to say about that. <laughs> Trey Anderson, I still think we'll be... Uh, I'm just super excited to see where he lands, man. I'm going to watch the draft closer than I have in a long time. Yeah. It's probably, he's going to probably get drafted when I'm teaching like third period on Friday. Sure, so it's sure. it's like, you'll just watch your phone and be like, sweet Troy Anderson. Now I have to get a Bills jersey or something like that. You're like, oh no. Yeah, I'm getting a jersey day yeah, one. well. You know, I've been paying a lot of attention to the draft only because I, I listened to the Bengals um, podcast daily. What's that called? Uh, locked on Bengals. Yeah. So I actually surprisingly know a lot about the draft. So yeah, well, there you go. I'm kind of interested. All right. Hey, let's get into these golden cooling questions and get out of here. All right. Uh, golden cooling questions. Fire up the golden cooling questions. We have these new golden coolies that we are sending out. I sent the first one out to Colorado cat just, uh, just yesterday. So nice. You wanted another one in the mail. I know you got like four. I'm pretty sure. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He's like, yeah, yeah. He sent me a private message. He's like, yeah, man, I, got, I already got one, but sure, I'll take another one if you're sending out some uh, new versions. Like, yeah, sweet man. Heck yeah. All right. Uh, who? This comes from Helena Bobcat. A new, a new poster on Bobcat Nation. Who do you think will be? Should be? Will slash should be number two quarterback coming out of the spring? That guy registered in 2013. What are you talking about? New poster. He has only 67 posts. Doesn't mean he's new. It just means he's a lurker. That's true. Yeah. I mean, you're it's right. Sean, Chambers. Sean Chambers. Sean Chambers. Yeah. I don't think anyone's beating out Sean Chambers I, I, right I, now. Unless, you know, I unless Sean Chambers this. beats out Tommy Mollat, which I don't, I mean, that's, that's more likely than anybody beating Sean Chambers for the number two spot. Um, and I don't think that's going to happen. I think it's going to be Mollat, like you said, 1A and 1B. Malat going to get most of the reps and anything else is going to be Chambers. And I, I agree, it should be Chambers. I just, I kind of see a path a la Tommy Malat that Jordan Reed could be the dude by the end of the season. You're insane. 
you know, call me insane and I'm fine. All right. You know, I, I can have my opinions. Maybe I'm just trying to find something there. You're probably right. Tell me a lot. Uh, Chambers. Although I would be 0% surprised if Sean Chambers is our starter. Jordan Reed was two for three for 69 yards. <laughs> yeah, man. I love that guy. So, okay. Those two cares? pass, those two completions were the two best completions you've seen <laughs> Montana State since since Daenerys McKee. Since <laughs> since Daenerys McKee. I love how whatever. I skipped right over Pru Cup. I'm moving nervous. on. Right. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> just to All make right. just to make Rocky it that Bear more, <laughs> more funny. Anyway, go ahead. Gosh. Rocky Bearcat, my favorite name on Bobcat Nation, Rocky Bearcat. I love that. Will Afonso be ready for fall camp? Yes. Yes. I have absolutely no reason to say that other than it's Isaiah Afonso. He'll be ready. <laughs> <laughs> I got, I, mean, oh, we don't, I don't have any information on that. That's complete conjecture, but I don't see. I mean, it's Isaiah Afonso. He's going to be good to go. Gosh, he's so good, too. He's so good. He's like. You know, Troy Anderson was so good, and we took it like we would just be like, "Yeah, it's Troy Anderson." It's just Isaiah Isaiah Fonte. When Fonte's not there anymore, we'll be like, "Man, we miss Fonte. He's so good. I hope so, man." Rocky Bearcat, what do you think? I think he will be ready for fall camp, but he has a lot of miles on him. He has a lot of miles on him. Yeah, he he does. He's like a 2005 Honda Civic, man. He's he's at right now. All right, give him a little bit okay. more credit than that. There, there's better examples than that. <laughs> okay, yeah, he's still going to be in, in in style. Like on 2005 a Honda Civic. That's that's he just might be like more of like a 2005 like Dodge Ram or something like that. There. Yeah. <laughs> oh, you just you, you don't sorry, get in the truck sorry, work. Ponce, don't pick if you the listen truck to this. Work. I'm, I'm, I'm not I'm not saying you're like a civic, but you got a lot of miles on you, buddy. Okay. Um ooh, Helena Bobcat, Rocky Bearcat, and Helena Cat, different than Helena Bobcat. Who will be our starting O line and how will they do next year? So uh Tomcat, Tom Stuber. Oh my gosh, we are talking Bobcat uh monikers all the time, Bobcat Nation monikers. He went out and did this thread early on, what like a month ago, where we were passing along. Did that just peter well, out? Guys, I was thinking about that today. Yeah, it, it, <laughs> it was talking about like, okay, like I'm a common cat, you're Celtic cat. You did the whatever center. I did the I took center. Uh, so yeah, so, yeah so center. I did center. like the right guard. I had to like inform myself on all the right guards. It was terrible. Um, who's our offensive line? Thorny, I'm going to let you have that. I think you have a better pulse on Offensive line is always so hard for me to figure out because I don't know where, like tackle. what guys are like naturally better, tackles or guards. Like I don't fully understand the body types needed or the techniques or who's better, what kind of stuff. I think with TJ Session out the door, I think you're looking at Rush Reimer, a left tackle. You're looking mm-hmm. at Josh Perkins at center. Oh, Josh Perkins? What am I talking about? Justice Perkins, <laughs> center. Uh, this is where things are going to get a little more dicey now with, with the departures. I imagine Cole Sane's going to factor in somewhere at right guard. And then if Jacob Kettles comes back healthy, who didn't even play in the spring game, I think he could push for right tackle. This is going to be my kind of guess. And then that leaves left guard. 
the left guard is going to either be maybe Joe McElroy or JT Reed. Yeah. Reed's going to be in there. I, I think him. Or maybe Marcus Ware at, le- at left guard too. He could he could fight his way in there. Ooh, see, I think Marcus can be a right guard. I think it's going to be Reimer left tackle, Kettle's left guard, Session or Perkins center, right guard, Ware, and uh, who am I missing? Right tackle. Uh, nah, did you know. say kettles are sane yet? No, sane. So sane would be guard. Kettles would be tackle. Sorry. Yeah. So, I mean, it's basically Justice Perkins at center, and it's going to be. Mm-hmm. I think Rush Reiner probably has left tackle, probably locked down pretty hard. Mm-hmm. But then it's going to be any combination of Cole Sane, Marcus Ware, uh, J.T. Reed, Jacob Kettles, and Joe McElroy. Did I say yeah, Mar- Malcroy? Did I say Marcus? Samson Holden Samson could be in there too. I think he'll be backup. Since he's come along, I think he's gonna be uh, okay. Perkins' backup. Would be my guess at this point. All right, but uh, I, I, I think there's a, a tough one. I think once it sorts itself out, once you figure out the best line with the best chemistry, I think it's going to be a good group. They're gonna they're yeah, gonna take some lunks probably early on. I think by the time mm-hmm. the the cats have kind of a hard start to this season. So we're gonna, I think we could easily finish two and two, regardless of how good the offensive line is, because we're playing Oregon State and Eastern Washington, like weeks three and four, and those are both road games. So there's a decent chance the Cats start two and two, no matter how you slice it. But then it's basically not until like week eight you play Weber State, and then week eleven, or I guess week twelve because of the bye week, you play the Grizz. Another net. I think by the time we're rolling into that second half of the season, I think that the offensive line is going to be gelling and rolling. Yeah. Cats play all the traditional powers of the big sky. We play in Chini again. Again. Don't get me started. But we got Weber and Montana at home, so, so that's nice. But outside of that, it was like, oh, we have oh, UC we Davis to get Weber to come? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Jeez. That's another one that we doesn't seem to happen to us. I might have to like an apology note or something. <laughs> Gosh, freaking hate that stuff. All right, sorry. I get salty when I was talking about that. All right, Hell in the Cat. All right, nice question, Hell in the Good Cat. Question. Montana Bob. Will it ever stop snowing in Montana? Let's hope not, Montana Bob. They need the water. All right, moving on. Um, will Malachi or Malik... I think it's Malachi. You think it's Malik Simpson <laughs> end up playing football. This is from Teton cat. I'll let you take that. I need to know who this guy was. So yeah, he's a, he's a track track and field star. I don't exactly know what uh, his event is. If you will, I don't even know much about track and field. Is it even called events? That's how much I know about it. Uh, but he signed to <laughs> North Dakota state and, uh, Ended up flip his his commitment to the Bobcats to run tracks, which is awesome. He was one of the fastest guys in Montana, so that's really good. Um, I'm looking at his two four seven profile here. He was a three star recruit in football, and he's a he's a cornerback. Five ten one sixty five is his profile as a cornerback. If his position is cornerback, that leads me to believe that he probably will not 
play football because there's we're not going to need a cornerback for a while. It's not going to be a situation where like, hey, we're we're down to some walk on guys here. Malik, why don't you come and help us out at cornerback? We're like loaded there for a few years. So unless he, I mean, if if he wants to, I'm sure that he could walk on and maybe even get a scholarship or something like that. But I, I don't know the kid. I don't know his aspirations for doing two way sports. I think he probably wants to focus on track. So I, I don't think he'll end up playing football if I had to guess because it's just it's kind of rare to do that. So I'm gonna say no. Where's he from again? Billings, Billings Senior. Mm. You said he was a three star. So that's what uh, two four seven says. Twenty four seven, two four seven. North Dakota State yeah, uh, offered him a, a football scholarship, according to this, which is ooh. the Grizz, uh, the Bobcats, and NDSU all offered scholarships mm. and tech, Montana yeah, tech. Um, Shooting their shot. Good for you, Long Good Nick. for you. All right. Well, I mean, honestly, if, if you're going to play football, maybe that's where we're gone. But uh, I don't know. I think he, I think he stays at track. I have no. Yeah. I have absolutely zero insight and from insight on this. Really, just complete conjecture. Uh-huh. Holding up my hand. Oh no, oh, Teton Cat. Take a coin flip. There you go. All right. All Cat says. A few kids entering the portal at the same time. Which ones were told they should enter the portal? Which ones were uh, put there on their own? Do you want to touch this? <laughs> I mean, I think we kind of did. We're speculating on guys who we think we're going to either be buried in the depth chart or we're going to get cut. Uh, yeah. I don't want to speculate who was going to get cut, but we can definitely speculate on who wasn't going to get any playing time. I think we did that already. Yeah. So TJ Session absolutely was not. Going to get cut. <laughs> uh, Cole Snyder, maybe. Uh, Hosey, probably. And Charles Brown, debatable. Yeah. But uh, that's just, yeah. Conjecture. I don't know if I want to touch that. I'll cat. That's, uh, yeah. I'm, I'm going to go with Thorny said. Good job, Ryan. Thank you. All right. Let's pick, <laughs> let's pick a winner. And I think I'm going to go with. Will Afonso be ready for fall camp? Because that is a great question. I don't think that's getting enough play right now. Rocky Bearcat. Woo! Favorite name, Rocky Bearcat. And a cool icon. I like what you did with your helmet there. The the gift. The What do you call that thing? The picture? That's just a picture, man. It's Avatar. 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 That's what it's called. <laughs> there it is. All righty. Rocky Bearcat, get at us. I will send you a new Golden Cooley version 2.0. Mm. It's awesome, buddy. I don't even doesn't have one. even have one. <laughs> yes. So I'll send him one to you before Ryan gets one. <laughs> Sounds good. All right. All right. Anything else you want to mention before we get out of here as we're running into an hour and 15 minutes on this, mother? Um. Yes, I do want to mention one other thing. Ryan... If we're going into the summer time. This is typically when we do our interviews with former players and other th- other people connected to the program. So if you guys out there, if your listeners wanted us to get in touch with or interview any other players or people that would be of interest to you, send us a private message and just, you know, give us a recommendation. We'd like to, Consider sure. a couple names to make make some uh, content over the summer. 
Absolutely. Yeah, that's a great idea. And send us a kind of a wish, your wish list, uh, who you'd like to see. Recent, old, yeah, we, we'll, uh, we can make it happen. We can do that. We can try to make it happen. We can try. <laughs> that's all yes. we can do. We, we have many connections. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, uh, I want to, you know, I always end it and I do, I, this is heartfelt. Like I appreciate everyone listening to this podcast. It really, you know, it means a lot to Ryan and I that this podcast that we started in 2018 at this point, which is kind of crazy to think about, is just uh, it just means a lot that everyone is listening in and sharing feedback, and uh, you know, really appreciate that. You can always find us on Twitter, rrcatcast. You can find us on the web, rrcatcast.com. You can email us at rrcat, rrcatcast at gmail.com, like Foley was talking about, if you want to get in contact with us for put, uh, potential interviews. Maybe email would be the best way to do that. Or you can find us on Instagram. I don't think I've said that one. That's what Foley's been doing. Instagram. I think that is also our, our cat cast. And uh, we're on Facebook, our, our cat cast. It's, it's pretty much anywhere you want to go. We secured that sweet, sweet name, our, our cat cast. <laughs> uh, other than that, man, this is a long one. I appreciate uh, you sticking around, talking so much football with me. It's been a lot of fun. Go cats. Woo. Go cats. Go cats. <laughs>